0: This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua.
1: Team the Manchester Monarchs. He'll be joining us any minute here. Rich Sealy, the head coach of the Manchester Monarchs, usually joins us on Tuesday here in the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Uh, Wasn't able to do so yesterday because they were on the road at a game yesterday, uh, which they unfortunately lost two to one. Excuse me, four to two last night to the Thunder. Uh, But they head back home. And their next game will be Saturday, December third, where they'll try to snap a four-game losing streak. Uh, the Manchester Monarchs, that is, against the Kalamazoo Wings.
2: You've been to Kalamazoo? No, but I think I should go now. So just for the sake <laughs> just of just for name, the name,
1: yeah, it's a great. It's one of the greatest names of a town ever, Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's a great, great, great town.
2: Yeah, now I gotta go. Yeah. Just just based off of the name, I have to go yep. there.
1: Kalamazoo, and if you listen. In the outro song that I have here after this segment by the Black Keys called Gotta Get Away, he says, I went all the way to Kalamazoo. Well done. There we go. <laughs> we yeah. should do a remote from Kalamazoo. Oh, that would be fun. Maybe we'll, we'll go on a Monarch's road trip. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a remote from a Monarch's bus. That would be fun. Take a road trip. Oh, yeah. Old school. Mobile show. Why not? I think
2: we might be on something, man. We got to get a sponsor for this. We could do this. A mobile road trip. You know, live, live from the Monarchs bus. That would be fantastic. On
1: the road with the Monarchs. <laughs> we might have to talk to Matt Johnson yeah, we'll about get, this. we got to get something done here. Get her going. We'll get her going here. Manchester Monarchs stretch run on the road. <laughs> we'll do it down the stretch run of the season just to make like it even that. better. There we go. There we go. But uh, we were looking at the stats here in the break, and um, I mentioned before that I uh, – had done some scouting of one of the Monarchs' players, Joey Diamond from Long Beach, New York, and he's—he's he's a rough kid. He's a small kid, but he's rough. He doesn't back down from anybody. And we talked about him a bit. One—one uh, one of the recent visits we had here with uh, head coach Rich Sealy, and uh, Joey Diamond is now the leading goal scorer and point getter on the. Manchester Monarchs, nine goals, nine assists, 18 points, 44 pims. So he's getting it done all over the place. And on to talk about that and how the Monarchs will snap this four-game losing streak right now is the head coach, Rich Seeley. Coach, how you doing? Uh, not
3: too bad, guys. Not too bad. All
1: right. Uh, we're okay. Um, first off, before we get into your, your team, uh, one of the teams you're affiliated with uh, had quite some changes uh, in the last few days, huh?
3: Yeah, no. Nah, obviously, some, some movement up top there, and uh, I guess the uh, ownership group felt it was uh, time for a change, or so they moved on with that, and uh, we'll see where that goes.
1: Now, what, um, Tom Rowe, who's the, Who was GM? He's still a GM, but he takes over as the interim head coach right now. He has a history of uh, coaching around this area. He was in Lowell for a while. Um, he's from Lynn, Mass. Uh, what do you did you know Tom before you? Were affiliated with the Panthers or before you came to the Monarchs? Or uh, what do you know of uh, Mr. Rowe?
3: Yeah, no, actually, uh know Tom quite well. Um, uh, Tom was my GM when I first started out playing back in Lowell. He was the GM uh, when I was a oh. player there. Uh, Bruce Bougerow was a coach. Steve Sterling was a coach at the time, and Tom Rowe was the GM. So um had him for a couple of years there, so familiar with him and a little bit of different ties. We, we both had the same agent. Um, a a guy that he'd worked with a lot of part of his career. I used the the first part of my career, so I had a little bit of a connection there. And then, obviously, Tom was coaching a lot in Lowell and uh, myself playing in Manchester after that. We were, you know, see each other 12, 14 times a year, so kind of kept in touch for a little while. So, yes, somewhat familiar with Tom and um, got some good coaching abilities and obviously kind of a proven track record there. So, um, and obviously, I, I think, you know, the trust in, in the ownership and, and the management there. So I think uh, for the time being is my understanding that he'll step in and uh, be the coach of the Florida Panthers.
1: Yeah, and it, it's interesting, right, because it, it, I think of Tom, just from what I know of him and from what you, how you just described it, he's, he's one of those hockey lifer types, right, you know, and he's, he's been around the game for a while, uh, well-connected, uh, he's seen enough games, right, to be like an encyclopedia, and, and yet you look at the change they made, and a lot of what's coming out seems that they're going with the – Analytics philosophy. They want to stress that more than I guess Gerard Gallant did. Um, and, and then, you know, with Tom Rowe being as I described there, it, it seem they seem to have a good combination there uh, with him behind the bench in terms of sort of transitioning, I guess would be the word, uh, to a different philosophy. Would you not agree? Yeah,
3: I mean, I don't know how much of a different, you know, philosophy or systems they're going to change. Obviously, I think Gerard had done some good things and. Uh, kind of looking at uh, as, a, as a person to lead the group and, and alignment with the, where the organization is going and, and as a culture kind of job is to have a handle on both of what the expectations are of the ownership and where the, the general um, team is headed and, and as far as management, their ideologies and be able to translate that to the players that are, are there and, and make them perform at their maximum capacity and I think it sounded like uh, it was obvious to the ownership there that they wanted somebody somebody else to to have that message in that guy's palm for now. And you know, I I know people talk a lot about analytics, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they're the only team that come out and says, "Hey, yeah, we're you know obviously we take into account it's a competitive environment, and we're taking into account any kind of factor, or potential advantage we can look at." And I think there is not solid science to You know, some of the analytic portion of hockey, or but some of the general numbers I think they pay attention to, and I don't think that should come to a surprise to anybody. I don't think any NHL team uh, nowadays is not at least taking into consideration or looking at numbers that come from analytics. So I don't think that's out of the norm at all.
1: No, no, I don't either. I don't at all. And I I was listening to Bob McKenzie uh, this morning. Uh, He was on uh, TSN 690 in Montreal. And, you know, he said, "Look, I mean, the, you know, the, the Panthers are taking some heat right now. And the way things are handled, or this and that." And he said, "But one thing you got to give them credit for. I mean, they have a philosophy. They have a an approach they want to take right now, and a direction they want to go in. And they're committed to it. And, and this is this is an example of it. And um, you got to give them credit for sticking to that and, and not sort of veering off or being half in." half out, they're in. They're all in on it. And will it will it work out in the end? Who knows? Only time will tell. But at least you have to give them the credit for being all in on everything they're preaching. And I agreed with uh, with Bob there. And I guess before we get back to your current team right now, I just want to get in general, how much of that have you seen uh, being applied down at the ECHL level in terms of analytics and and new philosophies and mixing it up?
3: Well, it's definitely something we we, we pay uh, attention to. And obviously, a a lot of the large portion of data comes from the NHL. I mean, that's the largest sample size we can get. But as far as translating some of those numbers at our level, yeah, that's stuff we talk about with our our players uh, quite frequently and as a staff we pay attention to and we actually track a little bit of our own stuff. Um, Not as to a degree as what the NHL teams might do, but some things that that may help us. Perhaps, when, rather than you know, as staff thinking in the dark, why are we playing well? What are we doing well? Um, you know, when we're tracking that over a course of the year, uh, we're scoring chances for or against, or our face-off percentage, or our percentage of offensive zone, you know, times we carry the puck in, and how many shots we create off of a, a four checker or shots we create off of a of an offensive zone carrier possession over the blue line. Those stuff can help us. Our coaching staff say, hey, maybe there is a little bit something to this. We we know that, you know, uh, three times as many goals come off of our team carrying the puck over the offensive blue line than they would off a, a four check. So, you know, we'll, we'll base some things and hopefully uh, as that comes to fruition, there's some of the numbers that translate, hey, there's some maybe some certain trends that when our team is having success, having wins, that there's um, things that we do um, to get those wins, whether it be you know, we generally the staff talk well we want to have at least thirty five shots on that a night. I mean if if we're doing that I think we'll we'll you know on a consistent basis we'll be happy with where we'll be but there might be a little bit more tweaks to that with some of the numbers that, that we pull this year. So something we definitely long winded definitely we look at. I don't it's it's one of many things we look at. Um, right. and I think NHL teams it's not it's not a perfect science and that's that's first and foremost, but it's something it's a competitive game. Everybody's looking for a competitive advantage, a competitive edge, and, and everybody will go to, to crazy lengths to do it. And uh, this is one thing that you know we're looking into as our several different hockey clubs. You know what I mean? And sure? the way we look at it, how we interpret it, is is really going to be a key. And how 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 we can translate that into success is is the the real the real trick
1: well to segue into uh the current situation here, you guys are on the heels of uh four straight losses um after gaining a lot of steam there last last night you lose to uh the thunder four to two but you've got a s what do we had six straight home games coming up right now uh how are you approaching this home stretch coming out to kind of pull yourself out of this
3: yeah you know it's it's funny um you talk about it. I, I didn't think we played a great game at home Friday. Our first loss about uh, with Florida. There, um, you know, they executed well, and, and we didn't quite put the puck in the net and didn't do little things, and it bit us. When when, when you play a good team when you play a good team, uh, I honestly, uh, even going over our numbers after the weekend, uh, Friday or Saturday, Sunday in Elmira, we played really good. Mm-hmm. We really did. It's, I don't say it very often. We played well. Um, we didn't get the result we wanted. Uh, it was a frustrating weekend. Um, I thought we played well systematically. We did what we thought we needed to do, generally for the most part. But it, it, it didn't. It wasn't happening for us. Um, and then last uh, last game in Adirondack, I didn't. I didn't th- think we played well enough to win. Um, we made too many mistakes and looked a little bit tired and were sloppy. And uh, it's going to keep us accountable when we're when we're not sticking to our systems or doing our things. We're, we're not going to have success. So. Um, you know this this home stretch is a good opportunity for us to get some some needed quality practice time um, and continue to build our game and get better uh, every day. So that that's exciting. We got a little bit of a stretch here at home where we're going to be able to get a little bit of practice time and we'll get some home games. And it's uh, now it's time to make some hay and get some wins.
1: You you mentioned there in those those two middle games there uh, the the five three loss and the two one loss that you, you felt you played really well um, and it had to be frustrating. And then they come in and you weren't so impressed with the, the loss last night. When you see that and you're sort of getting a feel for the dressing room and you can sense that frustration, maybe that, that set in last night, I don't know, I wasn't there. But what, what's your approach when you, you go to the next practice there when you maybe sense that there's a team-wide frustration and, hey, what the heck, we played so well, why didn't we win? And when you start to feel that building up before it can manifest into more losses, what's your approach there?
3: I mean, I don't know if we changed too much, Uh, really, the the approach to practice the next day would be somewhat similar to what if we'd we'd won four in a row, Um, we're going to come to work and we're going to push each other to get better the same way, and we've got a, it's a great example to us, we'll probably hammer home a little bit now, a little bit of attention to detail, Um, Nate, you know, talk some of the things we talk about, to door systems and executing, executing uh, under pressure, and uh, outworking opponents and, and doing little things systematically that, that, that help our hockey club win hockey games. And if we're not doing them, you know, throughout 60 minutes, we're not going to win. It's not going to be easy. And um, yeah, there's some frustration, but we go to work, uh, and, and we're not. We're, nobody's feeling sorry for us. We're not feeling sorry for ourselves. We go to we go to work like we would any other day, and we we improve and push each other as a group to get better. So that's that's how we'll approach it. Tomorrow, and that's how we would have. That's how we approached it last, you know, last couple of weeks when we had had some success. We'll, we'll stick with it, continue to hammer home the little details, and go to work.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff, Dan. Hey, coach. Before we let you go here, uh, you should check it out. There's a great story on NHL.com. It was uh, about two days ago by Tom Galidi. Used to cover the Devils, I think, down in Jersey for the Ledger there. But, anyways, about the, the league, your league as a whole, the ECHL, uh, and the title was grows into a starting point to the NHL. I read it. I was thinking of you and and the team, and uh, it's a really good read. So I urge you to check it out. Yeah,
3: I think I saw that. I think I saw that. I agree. It was an interesting take on things and the evolution of uh, uh, the ECHL uh, of sorts and its continued evolution. So yeah, I thought generally a you know kind of a, a positive a positive article and, and put some. Of uh, some pretty good light on our league and kind of some of the things our players go through and the battles that uh, the, the battles and then the work that it takes to become you know an, an American League and then an NHL player. So there's a lot of work that goes into it. So yeah, no, I agree. A good read and somebody else catches it out there. I think it's it's worth uh, worth your ten minutes or so.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, listen. Best of luck turning around and uh, we we'll talk to you next week. You'll have uh, six wins under your belt.
4: Sounds good.
3: <laughs> One. Sounds I knew- good.
1: Uh, you know what I love? You said sounds good. Most coaches would have said, "Hey, one by one here, one by one." So I like that you didn't give me the cliche there. I appreciate it. <laughs> no,
3: we're going. We're going to play. We got six home games, and we definitely, we're looking at these six home games. We want to
1: win all six. All right, and you get the uh, the Kalamazoo Wings coming in, right? Have you ever been to Kalamazoo?
3: We have. We went. Uh, we went twice, two, twice, three times last year.
1: Okay, cool city.
3: Um, we were in and out. It's,
1: it's Middle like, America, okay. right?
3: Nothing too crazy. There was one good spot we found. Uh, remember, we had, uh, actually funny. We, uh, one of the guys, a guy, Sam Pacoric, I know, used to play in Manchester here. His father just took a, a job in with the team in Norfolk in our league and used to coach a Bruins. Uh, the beer exchange he sent us to, which was a pretty interesting, uh, All restaurant right. kind of brew pub that, uh, the price of beer changed around like the Sully, stock
2: we're market. going. We're going. We're going to Kalamazoo. That's our road we're trip. We were just, it's, it's, honestly, check it out. It's really cool. We yeah. did. And it was good spot. So, yeah, uh,
3: that's what I would have to remember to Kalamazoo. I think Western
1: Michigan is up there, too. So Sounds good. Yeah, we're thinking of taking a random road trip to a random place, and Kalamazoo might be it. So There you go. All right. <laughs> we'll have a good one, Coach. Good luck tomorrow. Take it easy, guys.
3: All
1: right. That's Coach Rich Seeley, Uh joining us here as he does every week. He's a great guy. I love talking to him. Good hockey talk. Hey, it's awesome, man. That's why I love hockey so much. Uh, Join us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We will continue the hockey talk and switch it up to some Bruins talk in the next segment with Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald. So stay with us. We'll be back.
4: I went from San Francisco to Kalamazoo Just to get away from you I searched far and wide, open I was wrong And maybe women
0: Listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The college football playoff committee released its penultimate rankings on Tuesday night. Some college football fans are freaking out now because their team may be left out of the Final Four. Right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington are in. That leaves Michigan at 5, Wisconsin at 6, Penn State at 7. So just everyone calm down. And remember, the committee can change their minds next week. There's more football left to be played. You don't have to panic yet. Take a deep breath and relax. You ready to sit back and look at this objectively? All right, good. Now, if Washington or Clemson loses their conference title game, then it's time to completely freak out. Go berserk because it's going to be chaos. Which Big Ten school could sneak in at number four? What about Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? What about Colorado? Oh, man, the end of the college football season is crazy. And right now, we're supposed to remain calm. But when the final rankings come out on Sunday, all bets are off. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. My favorite thing about Buffalo Wild Wings isn't the limited-time menu with mouth-watering shareables like the game-day sampler or the Tex-Mex loaded chips. It's not even the drinks, although I could use one of their sweet, but not too sweet, citrus blitz cocktails. No, my favorite thing about Buffalo Wild Wings, the sauces. Why? Because a new sauce means getting to fall in love with wings all over again. Right now, they got one more that I can't wait to try. Kickin' Honey Garlic. Sweet with a little kick. Buffalo Wild Wings Wings Beer Sports, please drink responsibly. Exciting news today. I'm very pleased to announce Simply Safe Home Security has released its brand new security camera. Designed by some of the best engineers in the business, this camera is different. It connects to each sensor in the Simply Safe security system. Anytime the system detects something, the camera records and sends a video straight to your smartphone. Someone tries to break in, you see it right away, and Simply Safe calls the police. I think this camera is going to be incredible. You got to see it for yourself. Go to Simply safe. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit. Visit Loopnet.com.
4: The Money Saving Tip, coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively.
0: Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving
5: now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You're welcome. Let your search for Mazda and Subaru dealers begin and end with North End Subaru Mazda. Only 20 miles from Nashua, North End Mazda in Lunenburg has the best deals in the area. With Mazda 3s and Subaru Forester, both leaders in their class, and a giant pre-owned inventory. To look at their weekly specials, give them a call at 888-805-1469 today. They're just a click away at BuyNorthEndMazda.com. Your business in search of commercial property. Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanAndWakefield.com. CushmanAndWakefield.com. Outdoor Almanac. Brought to you by New Hampshire Fishing Game's Wildlife Journal. With firearm season here, it's time to address a couple of misconceptions. First is that if you make it back after a day in the woods of hunting, consider yourself lucky. Truth is, national surveys show more people are injured playing tennis, golf, and bowling than injured while hunting. As a matter of fact, New Hampshire has an enviable record. The second misconception is that during deer season, it's not safe to walk down the road or in the woods behind your house. Not true sportsmen and women know what their targets are and what's behind them before they ever raise their firearm or draw the bow. A little common sense from non hunters will allow them to enjoy the outdoors this time of year like the hunters do. Just don't wear clothing which is colored brown or white. Wear an article of hunter orange and walk and talk like you ordinarily would and there's no reason why hunters and non hunters alike can't share the woods. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests.
0: Make sure you check out our half-off deals on ESPNNHRadio.com.
1: This isn't even older, son. Yeah, I know that. Let's go as straight as the whiskey. Doesn't matter. I'm rich.
4: We're we just...
1: to so clear. to cut on in. going. I'm
4: going.
5: i i
0: shot. Shake for a check. With a penalty shot, and a chance to put the Flyers back on top. For a check. Another penalty shot this season for the Flyers. He rolls on in. And Rask says no. Backus must score to keep the game going. and he goes!
5: Mason the glove save and the Flyers win the game. Fitting that Mason
0: poses the deal. Flyers win the
1: game
4: in a shootout, a thriller here in South Philadelphia, Bruins into Galaxy come back to a
1: And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Final hour of the show. Two segments left here on a rainy, dreary Wednesday here in the Nashua area. And those were some clips from the Bruins' 3-2 shootout loss last night. And I'm wondering if uh, Claude Julian, after the, the referee's performance, went somewhere where streams of whiskey were flowing. And on to join us right now, he's a fan of the Pogues as well, is Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald. Mr. Conroy, how are you? Hey Murph, how you doing? I'm doing well, not bad at all. And uh, what do you think? If you're Chloe Julian, do you you find a nice pub in Philly you know, <laughs> after that that game? by hey, look, I'm not blaming the lo- the loss on the refs by any means. But I mean, man, there were some questionable calls both ways going there last night.
4: Yeah, yeah. I the the, the two that I noticed mostly were the uh, the penalty shot call on, on Morrow when it looked like he he, he did a pretty good job defensively. after after mm-hmm. Had enough to catch up with, with Voracek, and the other one was the embellishment call on um, uh, on Pasternak. When, I mean, you get your legs taken out from uh, underneath you. Uh,
1: you know, yeah, I don't know. yeah. It's interesting and that that thing bugs the heck out of me too. When you you call both, you know, the tripping and the embellishment. Well, you know, there's one or the other there in my eyes. But I mean, I guess I, yeah. I, I get it, but yeah. I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I understand.
4: I mean. I, I can understand why you can call two. I mean, you can, right? You know, uh, a guy can can like flail his arms up and everything when the, he gets hit in the chops,
1: and um,
4: I can I can see why you would call two on some some uh, uh, incidents, but I, I didn't I didn't think that was an embellishment last night.
1: No, not at all, not at all. You look at that game though, and you know, before the game when we were on the air towards the end of the show, uh, you know, we were saying. This is a this is a game the Bruins can win, you know, if they stick to their system. And yeah, I know they're down Lyles, they're down Chara. Uh, but this, you know, Philly is not good defensively. Um they they take a lot of risk, and if the Bruins uh, are strong in a forecheck, they can they can capitalize on that. Um but they don't want to get caught in a run and gun type game or a fire wagon style game. And and at times that's exactly what happened there, specifically when uh, the the Flyers struck uh, twice there for goals, eh?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a, you know, I I hang this one on them just not being able to put the puck in the net right now. Uh, you know they they outshoot them more than more than two to one, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of you know pretty pretty good you know scoring chances there. Um, the one that comes to my mind is the the, the one in the third period, with uh, <laughs> a one timer. Mm. <laughs> If he was able to elevate that, that's, that's probably in the back of the net. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a little bit of the same same old story there, um, that, that they just can't put the puck in the back of the net. I and and Patrice Bergeron is is like in in a funk that we haven't seen in a long time when it comes to to goal scoring. Um, you you presume he's going to break out of it at some point. Uh, he he just has to do it pretty soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. It- how much of that do you think? I mean, look, you know, this is pure speculation on my part, but I mean, the possibility of him playing hurt or exhaustion from the World Cup, what have you, or a combination of both—is uh, there something you think going on there that he he's battling through right now?
4: Yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, you know, he, you know, he he, he missed the the first three games of the season with. You know what we think is an ankle injury. Um, you know he still he seems to be skating okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a all it takes is a little bit of hesitation in, in your game, and it can throw everything off. You I know, mean, I don't know if you if you happen to see the the game in, against Tampa on Sunday. Yep. He and Marshawn had a two on one, and usually yeah, yeah they get they get a, a great scoring opportunity off that, uh, if if not a goal, you know. Most of the time, and they didn't even get a shot off. Mm-hmm. You know, they they looked, they 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 both seemed a little hesitant, and they didn't know what the other one was going to do. And and you know, they wind, they wind up not even getting a shot. I think I think um, you know Tampa blocked Marshawn's shot.
1: Yeah, you're so right. I remember that.
4: There's something you know, the the it happens to every player um, at some point. It's just very rare that it happens. It happens to to Steve on. And well, he's not the only one i mean but uh, scored last night um but he's he's had a he's had a hard time- co- contributing um Bacchus is uh, he's, he's slowly coming around but uh i'm not sure how much they're gonna gonna get from him um so <coughs> uh you know they're they're hard pressed you uh, you hope frank Petronko will help the scoring uh, uh issues when he comes back but you know you hate to have to have to rely on a, a kid who's you know only got what eight or nine NHL goals to his to his credit right, right
1: now. Yeah. No, I was just thinking the same thing as you said that. But um, you know, you bring up Krejci there, and it was interesting. I I remember uh, after he scored that goal, you know, they put the little graphic up there. and Now, of course, I'm going to forget the exact stat, but you know, it was something like I don't know. He's got five points in his last seven games or something, and and it, but you know, disagree or agree with me here, Steve. The way he's playing, you wouldn't know it. I mean, he seems in—I don't—I think "invisible" is too strong a word, but he doesn't seem as present as somebody is who has that many points in seven games. He just doesn't seem I would, himself. I would agree with
4: that. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know, and I give him a wide berth. He's coming off major, major surgery on his hip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been getting better, but yeah, he—he he hasn't felt like he's. <coughs> excuse me, had, had a, a major impact, right? Um, but. You know, he is playing better than he was at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, He and Backus are still trying to figure each other out. They're trying to figure out who the best left wing is going to be on that line. Yeah. So, you know, they're still working their way
1: through it. We'll see. Hey, yesterday we were talking, uh, we had Pierre McGuire on, and we were talking a bit about Brad Marchand and the evolution of him, as his game, and him as a player. And, you know, you know from covering him since he came in, that just the way he's he struggled at times to walk the line, and it's been a work in progress, uh, you know, whether it's been working with uh, Julian and being in his doghouse sometimes and working his way out of it, or whether it's been dealing with suspensions, what have you, but obviously in the last, you know, I'd say year plus, and you, you factor in what happened at the World Cup as well, he's he's become recognized now as a superstar around the NHL, and they did an interesting uh, special on him on TSN. Michael Farber did it. We have a little soundbite here. I want to play it, and then I'll get your take on it. Claude's been great with me. I know it hasn't always been easy on him. Uh, you know, he's had endless amounts of meetings with me. And
0: what goes on in the meetings?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wrist slaps us all the time. You know, he, he's just what's he
4: slap you for?
1: Uh, you know, just if I take a bad penalty or from not playing the right way. Hey, 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 hey.
5: A lot of times he was called for penalties uh, when he didn't really deserve it because he really got under the referee's skin. So he realized the damage he was doing more than the satisfaction of doing it.
1: Now, you know, I I think you can totally relate. You know exactly what they're talking about there. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. So we're giving him all this credit last night, Steve. And I don't know if you notice... When he got called for that that penalty, uh, when he ha- well, he should have been called for a high stick on Drew, but then he lost yeah. the stick, and then he goes and he tackles, and he's sort of like, kind of rubbing his head and giving a little face wash there, and he goes back to the bench, <laughs> and he's sitting who there, me? yeah, who me? What? What? He, and he must have sat there for three minutes. It seemed like, and it, I go, here we are giving this kid credit. And he's back to classic Martian. but overall, Steve, I think you can agree. I mean, he has really applied a lot of the lessons he learned and, and done his best to improve uh, that aspect of his game, eh?
4: Yeah, it, it's... I mean, that's always going to be a part of it. Um, it for <laughs> me, it's just... <laughs> excuse me, I got a little bit of a cold here. No worries. Uh, for, for me, it, the only thing I want to see him get out of this game is things that might injure an opponent. You know, uh, yeah. the thing... Uh, like the, the the hit on Boryevsky, uh uh, last year, uh, the sleuth, those things. I, that, as long as that's out of the game, I don't mind that the other sandpaper stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and, you know, I remember, Steve, I was sitting in front of him, and I said this to Pierre yesterday on the show, and it, it was interesting. He had already spoken to you guys before the Winter Classic game against the Canadians, you know, and he said how sorry he was, and he felt horrible that he wanted to be in there for his team. And he says all this, but, you know... Sometimes you don't know, like these guys rehearse this or you don't know how much they mean it and whatever. They're just saying it for optics. But I'm sitting in front of him in the press box and I kind of glance over and I see him there. And, you know, they're, his team's getting humiliated on the ice. I mean, they were so flat that game and they could totally have used the kind of spark he can provide. And he, you can just see it in his face how much he knew that. And, you know, I, I was walking out next to him, uh, headed for the elevator and i was like, i said hey hey and he's like uh yeah, tough and he's like i let them down and this is all off the record you know and it wasn't yeah. like he was looking to say the right thing it was just it was sincere and you could see it in him and after that i feel like what you just said that part that you want him to get rid of i feel like that dwindled a lot there and he he did his best to phase that out and he he understood how important he actually is to his team, and and we've seen that with the way he's elevated his game.
4: Yeah, I I think I think it's you know he know he knows what his place in the game is right now, what his place on this team is right now. Um, you know, I I don't know if he's ever going to get the uh, get the letter back on on the sweater <laughs> because if you if you remember, that was the the, the one time he wore the A it was yeah. the uh, uh low bridge. You're REM right. Skates. You're right. So I'm not sure he's ever going to get that back again. But, but you know, he is a leader of this team. No, no question about it. Uh, you know, it, his his competitive edge is something that you just can't teach a, a player. Yeah. Um, you know, he 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 is a he is an elite player in this league right now.
1: And he scored last night. So you know, I know he's been struggling and he's been having a lot of. You mentioned kind of that two on one with Berger on the other day. So we'll see if the uh if the floodgates open for him, because the Bruins could definitely use it, but uh, they'll go. They've got a couple games coming up. They're going to see Jack Eichel on Saturday, mm-hmm. Uh And man, what a return he had last night, huh? Yeah,
4: yeah. That's, uh it, it completely changed changed the uh, the Sabers. You know that. I mean, they were uh, the, the the Senators were a team that that gave the, the Bruins fits up there with that one three one. Yeah, I know they were kicking themselves in the. You know they they were right in saying that you know they had played right into their hands, but that's not an e- easy team to throw five goals up against.
1: No, not and, at all.
4: Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see if the Sabres can make a run now with uh, with Eichel back. Let's see the what goal.
1: happens. But they got to take care of the Hurricanes tomorrow, and hey, that's a team as well. That's uh, I know they blew a two nothing lead at MSG, but. Steve, I don't know if you've been paying attention. They got some good yep. young talent there, and they're they're starting to gel. So that's going to be it's no easy game tomorrow either. They're, none of them no. are easy these days.
4: <laughs> no, no. That, I mean, the Bruins are the type of team that that they don't have any easy games. Yeah. Um, uh, in Carolina is a team that that you know has given them trouble over the last couple of years, especially last year. You know, they they lost that shootout game against yes. them or, uh, in the last week of the season, basically turned out. To be the the difference of the play of, of of making the playoffs or not.
1: Yeah, so we shall see what happens. And listen, enjoy the games, and I'll see you around the rinks, my friend. Have a good all one. All right, bro. all right.
5: Okay, thanks a lot,
1: there. Steve Conroy, of the Boston Herald, joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We've got one segment left here on a Wednesday, and we'll take you down the Stretch Run. Hopefully, of your ride home from work. Stay with us. We'll be back. <laughs>
4: The men coming from the fire Chitter on their hearts and temporary Wherever they go Take my hand And dry your tears, babe Take my hand forget your friends babe There's no pain There's no more sun
0: The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
5: You can win tickets for the big Monday night game against Baltimore just by watching the Pats take on the L.A. Rams with ESPN New Hampshire and Bud Light. This is Pete Terrier inviting you to join me and Lindsay, the Bud Light girl, for an ESPN New Hampshire Patriots viewing party at the Halligan Tavern in downtown Derry. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways, and someone watching the Pats and Rams with us at the Halligan Tavern on Sunday will win a pair of tickets to the next New England home game on Monday night, December 12th. The Halligan Tavern, 32 West Broadway, or Route 102 in downtown Derry.
2: Hey, Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh, really? That's cool. Where is she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be
5: able to find a house? Oh, sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing first-time buyers programs. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie, you should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle
0: Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS number 1323739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License Number MB 1323739. Main Loan Broker License Number 1323739. Kurt Transcend. NMLS number 22202. Equal housing opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com.
5: Do you have a flooring project in mind? Then let the experts at Divine Flooring partner with you to get the job done. Divine Flooring is committed to providing their customers with the best advice and products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit DivineFlooring.com. Hi. My name is Jen Kaludi. My husband, Sal, and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me in
1: Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen-printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently
5: located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua, and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at EmbroidMe-Nashua.com or EmbroidMe-Bedford.com.
1: My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner.
3: It's pouring rain, it's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp, this is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever gonna have my title, US Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close, I'm so close.
0: Listening to the stretch run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. About I'm walking very slowly so you can you know what it. country you are.
1: Welcome back to the Stretch Run. Keep keep it going for a little there, buddy. Keep it going because I got to tell you tell you a little something here. Not that I promote binge drinking or anything, but yes. uh, you know I was just telling you of off the break. The I said, time. "Do you know the Roxanne drinking game?" You are listening to Stretch Run, by the way, not a uh, college drinking station. <laughs> uh, the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. But I was uh, I was asking Sully, does he know the Roxanne drinking game? So when we were back at UMass. They used to put this song on. And every single time he says Roxanne, <laughs> Roxanne? you have to take a swig. <laughs> so right about now,
2: yeah.
1: you get pretty happy. <laughs> those, uh, those kids getting ready for the whiteout at the Whittemore at UNH, yeah. they'd, they'd yeah. be down with that? They, they'd
2: love this. This would, be, uh, <laughs> this would be the prime game. There you go. You're going to
1: be the rock star there at the parties <laughs> if you go, all right? The and drinking game. All the things we learned in college. Ay, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, it's been a good show. I want to thank all our guests. Uh, Joe Sullivan, uh, Rich Seeley, Mike Reese, Steve Conroy. Thanks to all of them for coming on. And, of course, Jeff Hickman of the all ESPN talk. New Hampshire uh, Celtics coverage. And uh, we do have the Celtics pregame show coming up. Patrick Gilroy will be here soon. To take over the mic and uh, get you on down into the Celtics-Pistons game tonight at TD Garden. Um, but before we go, you were telling me off the air about a, a, a Bennett interview yeah, that, that I so, need to hear. That wait, and this, what? Is, this is one of the reasons you need to resign. this, yeah, team, just that, for interviews like this. That
2: wait what was from you know a while ago. This was from back in the Seattle game. We never got a chance to play it. Well, you know, he was on and he did a whole thing with. I've played his brother clip a lot, how he said he wants his brother to be a C-minus student again and all that stuff. Well, he was on talking about his, uh, you know, with some high school kids and they asked him about his workout regimen. And well, he, uh, he did what only Bennett does and just legendary stuff. Okay. I work out every day, um, three times a week, 30 minutes a day on a bowflex. Um, flex. When I'm not doing that, I'm practicing karate in the garage. And. Um, bench press is overrated but i bench press like you know i think the most ever bench press is like 500 pounds or something i once picked up a tractor off the ground off my grandpa though that was different though so i body slammed the cow one time too wait
0: what
2: i body slammed the cow it's like a family what what
0: did what did the cow do to
2: you it was a family reunion we see who could pick up the cow okay i was like 16. what you you what? Boy what? You what? Wait what? You body slammed a cow. You that's a family thing? That's a family event where you had to you body slam. Apparently a cow. they were
1: playing the Roxanne drinking game.
2: Apparently <laughs> I've never heard of anybody anybody saying, Oh, I just body slammed the cow. It's just a family thing. We just do me and my brother, we just body oh body slam cows. Boy what? Are you kidding me? What the heck is going yes, on you there? You need you need to resign him because I need more of this. I need more of that. I need the more of the black unicorn. I need more uh, more of him. As much of him as we can possibly get.
1: Well, we won't be body slamming any cows tomorrow at the uh, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, New Hampshire. But we will, however, be broadcasting the Stretch Run live there 3 to 6 p.m. Mobile show. So if you're in the area, uh, the Stretch Run is on the road every Thursday this December. Starting tomorrow, December 1st, uh, we are on the road at the Buffalo Wild Wings 8 Loudon Road in Concord, New Hampshire. Come on by. Say hello. Uh, it's a great place to watch football uh, and also any sports. Uh, I'm sure they'll be teeing up for the Bruins game tomorrow night against the Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. And, of course, we'll we'll get some coverage as well on a stretch run. Uh, so come on by. Say hello. Fortunately, Sully will not be there. He'll be stuck here working the boards. I'll be where uh, I usually am. But, again, every Thursday in December, uh, we will be at a Buffalo Wild Wings either in Concord this week and then the following week in Manchester, and then back to Concord, then back to Manchester. The Mall of New Hampshire, by the way, is where the Manchester B-dubs is. So uh, come join Pete Terrier and myself uh, as a stretch run hits the road on to Buffalo Wild Wings. That should be fun, Sully. And uh, I have
2: not been to a Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, it's, it's just, I heard it's awesome. It's an, it's an event. It's, it's just, you know, there's so many TVs. It's one of those places where you, you, there's no issue finding a TV. It's either in front of you, it's beside you on the right, it's beside you on the left, or it's behind you. There's a TV everywhere, you know. And when I've been, there's always been about 15 different games going on at one time. They've got college basketball, they have the hockey, they have the football. Depends on what's going on that night, but you, you won't miss anything. You, you, I guarantee you won't miss anything. It's, it's almost like your, every corner of, you know, every corner where you look, there's going to be a TV at some point, you know. It's just awesome, awesome viewing experience.
1: I, I've heard these. I don't know if you heard the commercial. I'm not sure we have it on our airwaves, but they have a, um, one with uh, John Goodman. Yeah. It's hilarious. And he's like, he says, you know, if, you're, if your meal takes longer than like 15 minutes, it's oh, yeah. on us. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but it's never going to take longer than 15 <laughs> <laughs> minutes. I mean, because what kind of business model is yeah, that? Yeah, We're not going to just give away free that's food. That's definitely here. Yep, yeah. I've he's he's classic. So they've got some uh, good advertising campaigns, and we're happy to be working with them. Uh, and, of course, Bud Light and Goose Island IPA. As I said, if you're an IPA fan, Goose mm. Island IPA mm-hmm. is great. And, of course, yes. everyone knows Bud Light. So uh, definitely come by, say hello, uh, the stretch run on the road, and then, uh, yeah, we're going to have to work on our Kalamazoo trip. we we got to
2: plan that out. I, I totally vote on the bus. <laughs> we, we take the bus with Monarchs. We go out there, and we, we do the whole thing. We go see whatever uh, – Coach Steele was talking about. We go to the beer works. We do all of it. We got to do all of it. It's, well, it's got to happen. We, we're going to do it. We're going
1: to make it happen. Uh, I want to say, you know, the Bennett thing got me thinking about what we were talking about with Mike Reese there. He's the only one to point out that, uh, yeah, there's still two years left.
2: <laughs> yeah, that he's under contract. That Gronk's so under contract.
1: Really, unless he decides to be. Unless he decides a, a to jerk, hold out. Yeah, that's it. You know. And if people are worried about that, then fine. But it's really a non-issue. And if anything, Gronk's not as dumb as he sometimes appears. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a, a smart, smart guy, guy and I think he guy. realizes that. Yeah, I'm hurt a lot, and they need a backup just in case.
2: they, yeah. need, they need depth. He's not as gonna, any team needs. That's, that's not going to set him off. I that think, might set off the that might set off the family. That might set off the yeah. Gronk party. But Gronk knows that. Gronk's not stupid. Yeah, he knows. I mean, he, knows. he understands how. He it. knows He knows it's a business. He knows what he's dealing with. And yeah, he's. you're right. He's the first one that we've had on and that I've heard that's mentioned, oh, wait, he's under contract. So this doesn't matter. You know, this really doesn't matter right now unless he decides he wants to hold out, which is very well possible. And if, if we get to that point, we can address it then. Yeah. You know, we can address it when he holds out. We're not going to trade him just because he's complaining. You know, we're not going to trade him just because he's been injury prone. Let's wait till it happens. Let's wait till he holds out, and then we'll figure it out from I there. Just, I don't get he, he's he's under contract enough. He's under contract. Enough. It's enough. That's
1: why it, it, it might. I don't know if he misunderstood. That's why I wonder if this was manufactured by his yeah. parents. Oh, yeah, we've known how how on top, like yes. involved Papa, they Papa like gronk. to be yes, and we know how they, they interfere with things sometimes. You know, whether it be he can't play, and they've they've been in contact with the team, which must drive Belichick nuts. (laughs) Out
2: of his mind, like, what are this,
1: Dougie Hamilton's parents? He's he's
2: the only only player you have to have a joint statement whenever there's an injury.
1: Yeah, so I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. We're never going to probably find out. No, I wouldn't be But I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if this whole quote-unquote story was generated by them.
2: Yeah, I I could totally see that because, really, if there's anyone complaining, and yes, Gronk, had you know the tweets in the offseason about how it was a pay cut, you know all this, all this other crap that comes out here. He's not stupid. He knows that. He knows that he's in one. He's in a great situation here. Two. He's he, he's had injuries. He knows that, and he, I know I understand he wants to get his money when he can before because if it continues, then then we can talk about injury issues. If he continues to have these issues every year, obviously there's going to come a point where he can't play anymore, and his career might be shortened because of these. Right. But. He understands that they need a backup. He understands he's in a great situation. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I really don't. I think he's in a great situation. I think he knows that. Yeah. So, yeah, he might you might hear from the camp, but from Gronk himself, I don't think he's thinking that. Nah, I don't think he know, thinks that way.
1: I, I, I think we're, we're, a lot of people are overreacting, so let's just worry about it when we cross that bridge. Of course. Hey, listen, like I said, great show day. And again, tomorrow, the Stretch Run broadcast live from 8 Loudoun Road in Concord at Buffalo Wild Wings. Hope to see you there. Thanks to our guests again. Thanks to Sully. We'll talk to you then.